Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to this weekly Torah study from New Beginnings Church in Bedford, Texas, taught by Pastor Scott Sigmund. We pray this message will help you better understand how God's Old Testament wisdom and New Testament revelation are meant to jointly fit together. Today we're uh, in Torah study number 26 out of Leviticus 9 through 11. And uh, one of the, the key things, uh, before we begin, I just want to remind us all what we're trying to do here, is we want to show you God's wisdom out of the Torah. All these divine principles that He gave uh, early on when Israel was a start-up nation. And we want to show you how what God was giving them to live a successful life works for you and I too today. Amen. And uh, it's the foundation, everything we're studying in Torah is the foundation for the New Testament. And a lot of it points to the coming of the Messiah. And so it's a fun time, it's an important time. And uh, we appreciate you guys supporting this. In today's uh, study, uh, the Lord continues uh, outlining the priestly duties. Uh, There's a variety of priestly duties. And He's emphasizing uh, some guiding principles. Okay, that uh, we need to learn how to serve the Lord correctly. And we need how to, to learn how to serve people. Amen. Amen. Christianity isn't a me thing. It's a we thing. And a lot of us uh, grew up walking on water, but many of us didn't. And we need to relearn, retrain, be retaught some things on how to be a mensch, a good godly person. And uh, so God outlines these principles. And uh, the, uh, one of the lessons that we learn here is we each have a unique role in the kingdom of heaven. Okay? And we should be working on that goal. God wants us to accomplish some things. What's, you're building a heavenly resume, as it were. Amen? And you don't want to cheat on it like you did on your last one when you are trying to get a job. <laughs> embellishing things. <laughs> No, you didn't do that. But just as the priests in the Old Testament had divine assignments, just wasn't a high priest, there were literally dozens and dozens and dozens of priests on duty doing all the various things to keep the tabernacle and the temple and the worship of God moving forward. That was their divine assignment. What's yours? Amen. That's a good question to ask you. Lord, what's my divine assignment? And if you're not really sure, just start with, uh, 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 just open your Bible, let it fall open, point to a scripture, and you'll probably find a general divine assignment. <laughs> start there. It's a lot easier for God to steer a moving bicycle, <laughs> a moving Christian. And so we have some responsibilities. Well, I thought, I thought all we had to do was go to an altar call and that's that. No, 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 no. The altar call is the first step in one million steps. 
hopefully will live a long and productive life if you honor your mother and father, the the first commandment with promise. You'll live a long and productive life. Who, who wants a long and productive life? Well, get busy doing some things for the Lord. Amen. Being a Christian's a full-time job. <laughs> but, uh, you remember, uh, uh, remember the old song, Take This Job and... <laughs> it's actually meant to be for a Christian, Take This Job and Love It! I love it, Lord! <laughs> Amen. So, look, 1 Peter, Peter the Apostle, wrote this in 1 Peter 4.10. He said, God has given each of you a gift from His great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. That's your priestly duty. What's the will of God for my life? Fulfill 1 Peter 4.10. And then move on from there. Just don't stop at one scripture. There's a, a thousand scriptures. And the more you add into your life, the, the more God will use you. Romans 12.10 says, Never be lazy in showing such devotion. Amen. Be on fire with the Spirit. Amen. Serve the Lord. Amen. So stir yourself up. Fan the flame of the Spirit of God. Let the flame... Don't just sing this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. I mean, if that's where you're starting, hallelujah. Little tiny little flick of the bick. But let's move on from there. You can be a raging inferno of fire from heaven that brings warmth and brings heat and brings love and compassion. A world changer. These are the people that went into the world and turned the world upside down. Takes a little fire and passion to fit that description. So in today's study... Uh, uh, it defines some of these priestly duties. Read it and you, you, know, you can make your own list. But then it goes into a unique story, a tragic story, of the death of Aaron's sons, uh, Nadav and Avehu, who in their official priestly capacity died trying to serve the Lord in an unapproved way. And we won't get into all the the ways that that could manifest in today's life. But uh, uh, we need to learn to do more than just, uh, uh, I'm I'm serving God by moving in the Spirit. Well, that may be true, and we hope it is true. But we want to make sure that the moving in the Spirit coincides with the Word of God. Because in, in this case... The Torah said they brought strange fire before the Lord. Strange fire. The Hebrew word translated strange here means unauthorized. A foreign or profane fire. And so these sons of Aaron, who had been given a prominent position, they had a prominent leadership role, uh, they ended up misusing the leadership role, uh, because they disobeyed God's instructions, and they introduced unauthorized worship. And uh, so a lot of times we see that play out where somebody feels that they're a prophet, 
or a prophetess, and they're giving unauthorized words to people. When we first, one of the craziest, when we first moved here from uh, Portland, uh, uh, people were coming in from all over the Metroplex to see the new pastor, the new church, and everyone was loaded for spiritual bear. Everyone had a word. People that uh, had no authorization to work the altars were working the altars and working the lobby, giving unauthorized words. And one of the craziest ones was some lady uh, started prophesying, I see ten arrows coming out of your head. And when, please stop that. That's not authorized here. That's a foreign uh, 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 way to minister. We don't do it that way here. And uh, so it was with Aaron's sons. It took them well outside the boundaries of leadership and it cost them their lives. Right? I got to thinking about, because a lot of times Christians will say, well, in the Old Testament, God is a God of wrath. And he did stuff like this, but he never would do that once Jesus came. I beg to differ. In fact, in Acts chapter 5, there's this story about Ananias and Sapphira. And Ananias and uh, Sapphira were leaders, prominent people uh, in the church, and they stepped outside of God's boundaries. Uh, and the stories in Acts chapter five, they let uh, they lied to Peter about an offering that they had given to the church. And they were judged by God with a physical death because of the lie. And as Peter put it, in Acts 5, 4, you have not lied just to humans, you've lied to God. And so they, they experienced a sudden and dramatic death, and it uh, just uh, put uh, everybody on notice. Look, everybody can't just fly off the handle here and do whatever they think is right. There's things that have to be done decently and in order. And if you're trying to advance yourself by embellishing your resume, (laughs) uh, be warned. Because God's making it clear, don't be a hypocrite. Don't pretend to have values you don't have. Don't be dishonest and deceitful. God's not going to tolerate that. Now look, you might not drop over dead. God is patient and long-suffering. He's not willing that any should perish. But He is looking for Christians, when they do wrong and repent, the Holy Spirit is given to us, not so we just... The Holy Spirit is there to convict us. That's not condemnation to be convicted. Pastors are supposed to teach things that stir up a level of conviction, and uh, not everybody's going to be convicted in the same word. But once you feel that, oh, I might out stepped outside my boundaries there, God's expecting a response, right? I'm speaking to you. I'm giving you an instruction on what to do about it. I hope you'll be wise enough to respond and change the error of your ways. Amen. 
Many times Christians that fail to follow God's instructions, uh, it hasn't cost them with death, physical death, but it has cost them because they'll be missing out on the blessing of God. Okay? Do you believe that? They, they're going to miss out on aspects of their destiny that God had uh, preordained for you to walk in something at a higher level to be more of an influencer, to make more of an impact, to go from uh, uh, just being a small contributor to a big contributor. That can cost you your quality of life. Uh can be affected and you miss out on a quality of life. Why? Because you may be participating in something unauthorized. Something that God considers profane. Something that is foreign to the ways of God. Uh, And so our goal as believers isn't just to sit in a pew and get pewy. It's to study to show ourselves approved. Please, please, let this inspire you. God, fill me with the fire of the Holy Ghost. Not a strange fire, but the fire from heaven. That will It'll be like Jeremiah said, it's like a fire that's shut up in my bones. The Word of God is shut up in my bones and it's coming alive like fire from heaven. And it's causing us all to become not just hearers of the Word. One of the the most dangerous things you can do in any church service is be in that church service and wish somebody was here to hear this. Boy, I sure wish so-and-so was here to hear this. So-and-so ain't there to hear it. You're here to hear this. That's when you need to be a greedy little thing. Everything that God is saying today, or uh, even if the pastor isn't saying it, but the Spirit is showing me and speaking to me, it's going to stir me and motivate and inspire me to do something about it. Christians spend too much time asking, well, how do you feel about that, brother? Wrong question. Not how you feel. What are you going to do about it? That's the question. What are you going to do about it? Amen? Look, we're all going to make some mistakes along the way. All right? But we hope they're uh, unintentional. That's really the thing. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I just did that. Father, I'm so sorry. May, may your word and your spirit change me on how I'm behaving. Uh, But a lot of times, and we might not even realize this, we just disregard things and get careless about things and uh, uh, almost irreverently just uh, dismissing things. That's just the way I am. It's my Irish temper. Stop hassling me about that. You know, that's probably not too humble, is it? Uh, And... uh, it's usually what leads to the downfall. Pride cometh before a fall, right? Uh, how many of you want to climb the ladder of success? Amen. Then uh, do it God's way. Find out the principles. 
Find out God's Word for every circumstance. Get some helpful books that catalog God's Word on how to walk in love, how to walk in peace, how to do this, how to do that, how to overcome here and overcome there. Here an overcomer, there an overcomer, everywhere an overcomer. All right, so we've gone from the priestly duties to priests that didn't do their duty correctly. And then God takes an unusual uh, turn in the teaching uh, in that he begins to talk about dietary laws, kosher laws, kasherut. And that's what's permissible to eat and what's not. What's food and what's not. what does that have to do with everything else that we had just uh, gone over, Lord? Why, why the sudden change? What does one have to do with the other? Uh, because God wants to connect what we eat with holiness. And actually, it's a huge spiritual lesson. And this spiritual lesson is based on everything we just taught on, the kind of person we're becoming. What are we consuming and what is it producing in our lives? Are we becoming more kosher? Okay? And so there's a connection between eating kosher and living kosher. And uh, this is one of those classic instances where everything that God teaches has a earthly and a heavenly, a physical and a spiritual. And so it is with what we're consuming. And God wants us to pay attention to that. Over the last few years, we've uh, covered this, and it, it could be available uh, on our podcast page on the church website, Eight Kosher Habits of Highly Successful Christians. And so look that up if you're uh, uh, going the extra mile on studying. And uh, I taught that last year. Uh, so Amen. Uh, now, I, I really honed in on one scripture uh, in Leviticus 9, verse 6, that I wanted to delve into a little bit further today. And if you have your Bible, turn over to Leviticus 9, 6. Uh, I, I want to get into what God means when he says, This is the thing that Hashem has commanded you to do. This is the thing God's commanding you to do. Then the glory of God, the glory of Hashem, will appear to you. So let's, let's go through this. God has put out a command that He's expecting Israel to do. But with that command, if you'll do this, then the Shekinah glory of God will appear unto you. What comes first, the chicken or the egg? In God's kingdom, what comes first is following the instruction. How come I'm not getting blessed? When people say, I never get blessed, they're telling on themselves. Because if you're not following the instructions, the principles, the guidelines, then you're probably not going to get the blessing. 
Now, occasionally the rain falls on the just and the unjust, and it waters, and sometimes you get random blessings and so on and so forth. But that's not the way of a believer. The way of a believer, the way of a disciple, is to study to show ourselves approved. To learn the Word of God, the promises of God, the instructions, the commandments, the principles, the laws of God. So why? Why do I got to go through all of that? I went to the one church and the preacher said, there's nothing you have to do. I want that church where there's nothing I have to do. Have you ever thought about how that's going to play in heaven? Scott, why were you not blah, blah, blah? What? Why didn't you da, da, blah, 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 blah? Because they told me there's nothing. I, well, did you read your Bible to confirm that? Or did you just take that word hook, line, and sinker? Now, it's true there's nothing you have to do uh, to earn eternal life, but we're not talking about eternal life here. We're talking about abundant life, a quality of life, a blessed life. Is there anything you have to do to help manufacture, to grow, to cultivate an abundant, blessed, quality life? Yes. There's there's a whole lot of things. It's kind of like building a business. Well, I'm just going to lease this building, put a sign out, and then sit behind the counter and wait until people come flocking in buying my widgets. (laughs) Boy, you're going to go broke real quick. And spiritually, Christians are going broke because they think there's nothing I have to do. Again, not for eternal life, but for abundant life. And God is saying... What I'm asking you, what I'm commanding you, what I'm instructing you to do, if you'll do it, then the glory of God will appear to you. How many want that uh, promise manifesting in your lives? It's how the kingdom operates. And God's laying a foundation. This is how it works. This is how we're supposed to do it. Advancement, promotion in God's world is almost always tied directly with following His commands and correctly applying His principles. Okay? Moses told the people that as they carried out God's command, then the glory would appear. It's what we call obedience. Okay? We're obeying God. Right? Well, that's why so many Bibles have dust on them. <laughs> because the less I know, the less I'm accountable. Like we're fooling God on that one. Well, God doesn't realize the intent of my heart. He can't see that far. <laughs> Come on, somebody. So the lesson here is that God's glory and the blessing that He has won't flow in our lives if we don't become doers of the Word. It's like I've always said, we joke about it, the late great evangelist Reinhard Bonnke who came to our Bible college back in the mid-80s said something I'll always remember. I'm just a brand new convert. I'm in Bible college. I'm trying to study to show my... I didn't join Christianity, make Jesus my Lord because I needed a crutch. I wanted to be taught success principles that would help me be a world changer, to be the kind of guy that could go 
out and share the love of God and turn the world upside down. And Reinhard Bonnke said, The gospel is like soap. It only works when it's applied. Amen? It shows we have faith in God. And look, we often get confused about the great debate about what grace is. And people have got it right. People have got it wrong. Grace means I don't have to do anything? Oh, does it really? Have you looked that up and did your word study and compared all the different scriptures on grace and really come to a solid intellectual and spiritual and biblical conclusion? Or did you just listen to somebody making promises on TV and never really went and did the work yourself? Oh, gosh. I've gone from ministry to meddling now. Jesus taught us in Luke eleven twenty eight, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Amen. It means there's something to do there, right? Not just listening. Oh, wasn't that a cute sermon? Oh, pastor, you're just a, such a good preacher. We need to have the Word of God inspire us to the point that our personality changes, that our behavior changes. Amen? All right. John fourteen fifteen. Jesus said, If you love me, keep my commands. Oh, you've gone too far now, Jesus. I love you. Well, why don't you do what I say? Many will say, Lord, Lord, in that day, did we not? I don't even know who you are. How does that all pencil out? What's the story behind that? It means we better be wise on how we're doing this thing. I don't know if you all noticed, but it seems that if the four horsemen of Revelation haven't been released, then the four Shetland ponies have. (laughs) I mean, they're talking about a shortage of bread. Ever read that at one of the four horsemen? They're talking about the corona being released. The crown on the white horse in Latin means corona. (laughs) Right? They're talking about wars and rumors of wars. Nuclear holocaust. This is not business as usual. If it's not the end times, a lot of things are lining up. And uh, uh, who knows what's left to line up? Are there some other prophecies that need to line up? Maybe very few, but we are in the last days. The Antichrist could be alive in the world today. We need to get busy doing what we're going to do for God and becoming what we're going to become for God and not put that off because, well, yeah, I like Amazon. Amazon. I like shopping and surfing Amazon. I'm spending all my money on Amazon. I maxed out all my credit cards on Amazon. Nothing wrong with having all that, but you better have some seed in the ground. 
You better have some good works in the ground. You better be a, 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 a prayer warrior and a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ being about your father's business, not about Jeff Bezos and Amazon's business. Okay. Romans 1.5 Through Christ, God has given us the privilege and authority to tell Gentiles everywhere what God has done for them so that they will believe and obey. Even the devils believe, James said. The devils believe, right? So there's got to be more. If the devils believe and you what separate, because you're willing to do something, you're willing to obey the Word of God so that they will believe and obey Him, bringing glory to His name. How many of you believe and obey the Lord and bring glory to His name? Thank you, Jesus. The Apostle John in 2 John 1.6 says this is the love that we have. That we walk in obedience to His commands. Alright, so many of the issues, the incidences and the accidents, the mishaps, the problems that people experience in life can often be traced back to an instruction from the Lord that was missed. All right. There was some kind of principle from the Word of God that was overlooked or not applied. Or should I say, not applied. You know, and we're not going to ask anybody to stand up and uh, play true confessions here. But there has to be times in our lives when we're asking ourselves... Uh, Lord, how come I'm not experiencing this particular promise in my life? Why do I seem to be missing out on that particular blessing in my life? And if you've ever asked that, or if today's the first time you ask that question, let me make a suggestion. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you do some backtracking. Do some backtracking. And find out the last thing that God said for you to do. The thing that you didn't do, that God said to do, the Holy Spirit will show you that if you'll allow Him to take you on a backtrack. And then you'll have the opportunity to do it. And once you do it, then you can move forward. And you probably will experience a a nice blessing. And look, it's probably nothing big. Well, that bank I robbed, uh, I probably should return the money. You know, those two kilos of fentanyl in my trunk, I should probably not sell those. It's probably not something big, right? But even minor disobediences can dry up the flow of God, dry up the blessing. And so if you're sitting in this place in your life, man, everybody else is getting blown. We're mine. Well, there's probably a reason you're stymied. There's probably a reason that you're not getting the breakthrough. And it's likely something either you're doing against God's instruction 
or not doing after God specifically instructed you. Well, he didn't rent a billboard and, and I didn't get a mailing in my mailbox. You don't need, it may be just a still small voice that's saying, Scott, you need to straighten this area up. Because the reason there's a kink in the flow of the blessing of God, it's like a garden hose that has a kink in it. Ever been out uh, uh, with the old kind of hose and you're trying to water and all of a sudden you're down and, and there's a kink about uh, 25 yards. Why the hell? I can't get the kink out. So it is with believers who aren't experiencing a flow of blessing. There's a kink in your hose. And God's saying, get that straightened out. What have I told you to do? Do it. And then the blessing will begin to flow again. Amen? So today, this principle from Leviticus 9.6, this is the thing that God has commanded you to do. Then the glory of Hashem will appear to you. So this word glory is an interesting thing. It's not like clouds of glory. It's a, 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 a cloud that bright light shining over me where, wherever I go. The word glory here has a unique meaning. It means splendor and honor. Splendor and honor. And the root word in the concordance for this word glory means numerous, rich, honorable, abounding with more. The glory. You do the way I tell you to do it. Follow the instructions in the Word. Follow the instructions of the voice of the Spirit. And all of a sudden, the glory, this, these numerous blessings, this richness of blessing, this honoring and favoring and abounding in more is going to come on your life. <laughs> I like that. That's the abundant life. You're rich in wealth. You're not maxed out and stressed out. Right? You're experiencing debt cancellation. You're retiring debt. You you wake up thinking, I'm going to get out of debt and stop living off my credit cards. Because all my credit, uh, all my money is going to pay the, and, and then when it's time to sow a first fruits or something, or to give towards Ukraine instead, I got nothing to give. Here's five bucks. So we're giving $489 a month to a car payment, and we're giving five bucks on Sunday. Something's got to change there. We got to start figuring some things out. We're paying 25% interest on seven credit cards that are maxed out to $5,000 each for steak dinners, for Amazon trips, and mall trips. And then when it comes time to doing the work of God, we, I, I got uh, $3.84. Right? Now, no one here resembles that remark. When Israel carried out God's instructions, then the glory appeared. What if God says so $100? 
What if God speaks to you today and you're moved legitimately, not just emotionally, but legitimately you hear God saying, I want you to be a part of that. Will you step out in faith? This is telling us God's blessing isn't automatic. I wish it were. But if God's blessing was automatic, then we'd all be walking in abundance. We'd all be experiencing massive abundance. Every need met according to His riches and glory. Isaiah 1.9 says, if we're willing and obedient, we'll eat the good of the land. <laughs> that's, that's a nice one to lather, rinse, and repeat on. Father, I'm willing and obedient. And I thank you that I eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you'll be devoured. God can't rebuke the devourer if we're always going against His instructions. Now, some instructions are in the Word, plain and simple. Other times, there there are situations that come up where you're moved by the Holy Spirit. Go do this. Go do that. Give this. Call them. Be a part of this. Support that. And you have to be sensitive to the Spirit of God. And as we're sensitive to the process, and it's a process, it's a daily process, right? We're habitually walking by the power of the Holy Spirit and in the power of His Word. That's what leads to more blessing. Jesus said in Mark 16, these signs will follow those who believe. It will follow believers. Signs will follow believers. And the reason signs follow believers is because believers believe in the one true God and the instructions that He's given us are worth following. That's what makes me a believer. Here's an example from Galatians 6. Don't be misled. No one makes a fool of God. What a person plants, he will harvest. Okay? The person who plants selfishness, ignoring the needs of others, ignoring God, will harvest a crop of weeds. Are we getting this? Right? This is kind of 101 stuff, but it's, uh, we're becoming brilliant at the basics. Gentlemen, this is a Bible. Or as Vince Lombardi once said, I'm not sure about the Cowboys. It's like, y'all are not improving your roster. We're ready for a Super Bowl run, and you're not following the playbook. Jerry Jones, follow a playbook! (laughs) I think winning for the Cowboys is just making more money. Anyway, I've digressed. Harvest a crop of weeds. All he'll have to show for his life is weeds. But the one who plants in response to God, you're planting in response to God, God's uh, Spirit will do a growth work in him, and he'll harvest a crop of real life and eternal life. So don't get fatigued about doing good. 
at the right time you'll harvest a good crop when you don't quit quit or give up. Amen. Amen. And we could go on from there. What a huge reminder that you and I are kings and priests. We got a job assignment here, right? You're on the clock. <laughs> right? You're not you got you're on the clock here. You're getting rewarded or unrewarded based on what you do on the clock. Well, I don't want to be on the clock. That doesn't change the fact that you're on the clock. Prayers, confession of faith, very important. But there comes a moment in the process that actual obedience has to take place. Right? I can pray, I can confess, but at some point I've got to obey. And typically the way it works is that God first gives you an instruction. Then if you respond in obedience, the blessing follows. Amen? Do you see that? Following God's instructions normally precede the miracle. I'm praying, I'm believing, I'm confessing. Okay, Lord, how come it's not manifesting? Because I told you to do a certain thing. I gave you a certain instruction. You're overlooking. So that's where in our prayer time, Holy Spirit, speak to my heart. Speak to my mind. Show me what I'm doing right. And show me where I'm missing it. I don't want to be the last to know. Ever heard that saying before? I don't want to be the last to know. I want to be the first to know. For the Lord to point out your mistake isn't a bad thing. It's a good thing. You're failing fast. A business that doesn't get the bad news first is a business that's going under. I don't care how fast I get the good news. I care how fast I get the bad news. Because the bad news means there's a leak in the boat. There's a kink in the hose. And God doesn't point that out so He can beat you up with it. He points it out because there's a kink in your hose. There's oh, so much more blessing I have for you. But you keep messing up the instruction. Think about turning the water into wine. Whatever He says to do, do it. Think about Peter walking on water. Come! Out there? <laughs> or when Jesus said, when Peter said, Lord, we got a tax bill. The IRS is hunting us down. Go fishing. Go to work. <laughs> or the ten lepers who were healed as they went to the priest. Or the man washing his eyes when Jesus put all the, the, the clay, the mud on his eyes. Now go wash your eyes in the pool of Siloam and you will have sight. Amen. What if he never went? God gave him an instruction. What if he never went down to the pool of Siloam? Ah, that, <laughs> that can't work. And it wouldn't. You're right. It didn't work. If you believe you can or you believe you can't, you're right. It's only after they did what the Lord told them to do that the miracle happened. This is what God is saying in Hebrews 10.35. Many scriptures, but it says, don't cast away your confidence. You can do it. 
Don't lose faith. Don't lose a, a heart. Don't throw in the towel. Don't get fatigued. Your confidence, your expectation, it says, has great reward. For you have need of endurance. Endurance. This is a marathon. It's not a hundred yard dash. And it says, so that after you have done the will of God, you will receive the promise. After you have done the will of God, then... You will receive the promise. Hebrews 10.35 and 36. I know when, when we talk about you're required to do some things, we get all stiff-necked. I get the same way. Ain't nobody telling me what to do. What do you mean? I'm not under the law. And that's the confusing part. But again, nothing you can do to earn your forgiveness. But, but we're not talking about eternal life here, are we? We're talking about abundant life, a blessed life, a quality life, down on the ground while we're still around. And your faith in the Lord and the promises of God will always be accompanied by corresponding action, and then the blessing will come. Pastor Larry just taught us a, a few weeks ago that in ancient Hebrew, there's no word for obedience. The closest uh, meaning is hearing. So biblical obedience is really hearing God's word and responding accordingly. I found this out of Erdman's Bible Dictionary. It says, true hearing or obedience involves the physical hearing that inspires the hearer and also inspires a belief or trust that in turn motivates the hearer to act in accordance with the speaker's desire. So the Holy Spirit is speaking. And hopefully you hear His voice. My sheep will hear my voice. They'll know my voice. You hear the voice of the Lord, you get this sense of faith and inspiration, and you act upon it, and then all of a sudden, the blessing will follow. That's how it works. Amen? So, serving the Lord, trusting the Lord, worshiping the Lord, fulfilling our divine assignment, our priestly duties, means obedience to the Lord. Just can't manufacture, well, I'm going I'm to get into the snake handler ministry and should teach all my disciples how to handle venomous snakes really good. Have you ever thought that might be an unauthorized foreign way, a profane way to worship God? Can I make a suggestion? Live life as the Spirit is leading you. But only follow what the Spirit is saying if it coincides with God's wisdom in the Bible. Does this match the guidelines, the principles from the Word? If not, it's not worth the risk. 
well, I was on the internet on a dating site, and this guy from Florida was so nice to me, and I'm flying down there this weekend, and I'm going to spend the weekend getting to know him. Could be pretty risky. You might want to pull out the Scripture. There's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. There's safety in a multitude of... What do you... Do you think this is a good idea? Sister! (laughs) I don't know why following God's instructions... Uh, seems like a controversial thing. Obeying God in all these different ways. Why is that controversial? I, I don't know why. It's not controversial in business and any other realm of life, but suddenly the church has decided that if, if you find the principles, if you find the instructions in the Word of God and follow those, you're going to be blessed. Somehow that's controversial. Sowing a seed, doing a good deed, giving forgiveness, feeding the hungry, attending church, avoiding gossiping and complaining, rejoicing in the Lord, sharing your faith, praying prayers of faith, making a hospital visit, honoring your mother and father, fulfilling many other mitzvahs is not some sort of legalism. (laughs) Right? It's acting in obedience to the Word and expressing ourselves with corresponding action, even when we don't fully understand it all. So, this is a a key principle uh, to success in life, the Christian way, the Bible way, the Torah way. uh, This is the title of the sermon, How Obedience Leads to Abundant Blessing. How many of you are ready for abundant blessing? Whatever he says, as Mary said to the servants, whatever he tells you to do, do it. And if you agree with that, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. God bless you guys. Thanks so much. Love you.